short word for you today. And um, this word is going to really help you. It's very profound. I'll give him a second. This word is very profound and yet very simple at the same time. But it's what was on my heart for today. And uh, I'm a sweaty mess. <laughs> I, I, I thought it'd be cool to wear a hoodie today. You know, oh, the pastor's dressed down. It's Memorial Day weekend. He's so relatable and cool. And then I got something on it five minutes into wearing it. And I heard my wife's voice in my head said, I told you not to wear that white. I got the Holy Spirit, Julie, and my own voice in my head. And mine never wins. <laughs> so there's three, there's three types of people. And, and I want to help you see kind of what happened just now. Indiana, I hope you're with me still as well. So there's three types of people. This first person is, uh, that sits in this seat is the natural person. They're the natural person. This person is someone who has not received Christ. So really, they're, they're on the throne. They say things like, hey, what, you know, you're like, hey, what's up, man? What's up? And they're like, I'm just doing my thing. Doing my thing. Doing my thing. That's how the, you know, what's up? Oh, living la vida loca. I'm, oh, here's another. I'm just on the grind. I'm on the grind. I'm grinding. Um, hustling. I'm just, I'm just hustling. People don't say that. But these are these people. They, have, they, they are on the throne. They're directing their own decisions and their own actions. And oftentimes this sitting in this seat leads to frustration. How many of you know the American dream ends up being a nightmare? You're like, wait a second. Somebody clapped. That was weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm living it right now. <laughs> you, you know, you finally got the house. You finally got the car. You have 2.5 kids, which I don't know how you do that. Like a little half kid running around. You've got the dog. Um, and, and you have the college degree with $100,000 of student loan debt. <laughs> Man, a whole bunch of demons manifested when I said that. They all said, Sally Bay. <laughs> and so <laughs> we're, the, we're getting weirder as a church. And so when you're sitting in the seat, you have not received. No, but watch. It is possible that you accepted Christianity, but never Christ. So people who sit in the seat might call themselves a Christian. Almost as if you stood in your garage long enough to call yourself a car. <laughs> well, I've been going to church my whole life. Well, yeah, you're going to hell too. It's just your mom took you to church, but you took yourself to hell. <laughs> Don't clap about that. We're trying to get them saved. Somebody's been saved for four minutes after that dance party and you're clapping already. Now you're self-righteous. You're in this chair. <laughs> so let me read you this verse, though, about, about this seat, the natural person. This person could be an atheist, Hindu, agnostic. This person could be Catholic. This person could be Pentecostal, or they think they are. This person can be just this natural, self-directed life. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. The natural person does not accept the things of, of the Spirit of God, for they are folly or another translation says foolishness to him. And he is not able, somebody say not able. 
He's not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So the spiritual things of God are spiritually discerned. So this person can't understand. And you know, that'll actually help you because did you know that your unsaved friends can't understand the things of God? Did that just help you? You thought they were being mean, but they're dead. That's why they can't understand. So like, shouldn't you feel a little bit more compassion? Like, so, but here's the thing. When, when this person is sitting in this seat, now I looked up the Greek word for folly in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Put that up. So see, it says the natural person, so your coworkers, your friends, some of you who are unequally yoked, your boyfriend. <laughs> oh man, that didn't go off like I thought it would. I must have spoken to something, Papa Dean. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly. So that word folly in the Greek, let me read the definition. Being ridiculous or wildly unreasonable. So the person who's sitting in the seat, when they find out that you think that you can pray and cancer cells die, they find that wildly unreasonable. When you, when you say, oh man, I'm so excited, I prayed for somebody and their back was healed, they think that is folly. Th- they think you're being ridiculous. If they're, if they're intelligent, at best, they think it's placebo. Like, oh, the healing was the power of positivity. Life is life. Right? That's, you know, the hippie intellectuals. And, and the people who sit in the seat, they don't believe what you believe. They don't. Matter of fact, they look at what you're doing right now in Indiana, here on Long Island, global online. Oh, you know, they're, they're just trying to be nice. I'm so glad my family found community in the local church. Like we're the Kiwanis or um, we're like a Rotary Club or the YMCA. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's not my thing, but my family member found community. And then you got pastors who have embraced that. Oh, the church community. What, why do you go to church? I go for the community. The problem is we're not a community. We're covenantial and we're the body of Christ. And so what I mean by that is you can leave a community. Oh, I used to live in Amityville. Now I, now I upgraded to Hicksville. I don't know. I'm just trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure it out. You know, I used, to, I used to live in Hammond. Now I upgraded to Hobart. So what happens is you can leave a community, but you break a covenant. And so we've reduced the church to a community because the people in this seat, the people who don't know Christ, they can't discern spiritual things. And so at best, they just, oh, they give to that church because they just, it makes them feel good to give to charity. We're also not a charity. Did you know that? The Bible says that when you give your offering, you give it directly as unto Jesus. So when you're, in, when you're born again in the spirit, when you give your offering, you know something spiritual is happening. You're taking that money out of this ecosystem and you're placing it into the kingdom. But if your friends are not born again, they're just like, oh, they give to their church. It's their charity. And yeah, their church feeds homeless people. But then Jesus really offended people because he said the poor would always be among you. And then when Judas said, why don't we give more money to the poor? Jesus clapped back and said, you don't care about the poor. You just don't like real spirit of God in your midst. And there's people that sit in this seat and they're just like, I wish your church gave to the poor. And it's like, I wish you gave more too. 
So this seat right here is where you're going to get into nonsense Facebook discussions. This seat right here is where you're going to try. You're going to try. Yeah, somebody did a post they shouldn't have done. They're getting convicted right now. Because, because all of what is wisdom to you is foolishness to them. Are we on the same page? But I know many of you are saying, well, Pastor Mike, I'm not in that seat. This is the carnal person. <laughs> this, is, this person has received Christ, but they live in defeat because he's trying to live through them, but they're on the throne. This is a carnal Christian. <laughs> Jesus is not on the throne of their life. Self is on the throne, directing the decisions and actions, and this also ends up in frustration. Okay, let me, let me give you a conversation between these seats. Hey, man, I found this great church community. Yeah, I feel the same way when I go into the bar. Hey, man, on my way to work, I, I listen to Elevation Worship. It just makes me feel better. Yeah, bro, I listen to um, Post Malone. It makes me feel the same way. Oh, I'm coming for you today, y'all. See, this is carnality. We try to, see, when Jesus was in the wilderness being tempted by the devil, you know he didn't fight Satan with a worship song, right? <laughs> he, he quoted the word. So these carnal Christians, they, they try to fight through every season with a worship song. These carnal Christians love uh, Facebook prophets to give them a word because they don't want to read the word. The, these carnal Christians, um, they, they show up to a church with their preferences but never turn into a host. They always want to be hosted. The, these carnal Christians, they're not, they don't build the kingdom. They criticize it. They blog about the kingdom. These carnal Christians, um, they, they have a form of godliness, but it denies the power there. Come on, somebody. These, can I preach this message? I mean, okay, let me show you. Let me show you something. I'm going to ruin a scripture for you in the best way possible. Check this out. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual men. So this is the apostle speaking to this seat, carnal men. And he's saying, I, I couldn't speak to you as spiritual men, but as to men of the flesh. As to infants in Christ, you're just a little baby and you need pampers and you need dad dad to burp you this is what the apostle's doing i want you to read the original intention behind the language and he says i gave you the milk to drink not solid food for you were not able to receive it oh come on can i read the rest of that for you were not indeed even now you're hey even how you ain't ready for it for you are still fleshly for since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly and are you not walking like mere men? Okay. People have quoted this scripture as a reason for why they left their church. Well, my pastor doesn't preach the meat of the word. He only preaches the milk. You know what's ironic about saying that? You decontextualize the entire scripture to do it. You don't even understand the scripture you used as a basis to leave your church because the milk and the meat has nothing to do with the preacher and everything to do with the person that is receiving the preaching. Okay, bring that scripture back because they slow clapped it in because like 40% of you left churches with this scripture. And I, brethren, 
could not speak to you as spiritual men. Now he's doing something as a spiritual father because he's provoking them. Have you ever had this righteous anger where somebody ticks you off enough to finally go to the gym? Has it, anybody ticks you off enough because you're like, oh, I'm, you, is that what you think? Well, I'm gonna finally lose weight. Is that what you think? I'm gonna finally, I'm gonna make money. He's provoking, it's like a reverse, this scripture is reverse psychology. Matter of fact, my oldest is 15 years old. Pray for me, y'all. But when I was potty training her, about three years ago. I'm just kidding, Bella. She's at our Indiana campus right now. I'm just trying to embarrass her, you know, as all teenage dads do. When I was potty training her, I, I did this apostolic trick. I remember Bella didn't want to use the potty. And I'd be like, well, I guess you're not a big girl. I guess you're just a little baby. You know, come here, Bella. Let daddy put a diaper on you. A little, a little diaper. And she's like, I'm not, I'm big. And she would go over there and she'd go to the potty. Mm. Mm. You never thought you'd see your pastor pretend he was a potty in a sermon. But what I was doing was I was provoking her, being like, hey, I thought you were ready for the next level, but clearly you're not. So let me read it again. I, I couldn't speak to you as spiritual men. I, I want to. But as to men of the flesh, as to just infants, you guys are little infants. I gave the milk to drink, but, but or I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not able, you were not able to receive it. And now what, what are they thinking? No, I am ready. See, isn't it funny that we've made milk and meat how profoundly eloquent the preacher is instead of how spiritual versus how carnal we are? <laughs> I just got off the hook. Because listen, I love systematic theology. Join V1 College. I love doctrine, right? But ain't none of us going to memorize the scriptures better than Satan. But can you live them out like Jesus? Because really what he's saying is milk versus meat and whether or not you could receive it has nothing to do with your intellect and everything to do with your walk of obedience. And so what he's saying is what makes you unwilling to take the meat is that you still have jealousy and rivalries and you still have carnality in your midst. And so by that definition, we got some bishops in this seat. We've got some prophets, evangelists, teachers. We've got a lot of people in this seat. And they're very eloquent with a bottle in their mouth. I know this sounds mean, but what if we as a church redefined milk and meat by obedience to the spirit and that was the apex of all understanding of the word of God is don't just be hearers of really eloquent sermons, but doers also. This person right here is like the person with the Christian culture, but not the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit. There's a difference between Christian culture and Christ atmospheres. Christian culture's encouraging Christ atmospheres are transformational. Does somebody hear what I'm saying? Like Christian culture is a band-aid, but the atmospheres of the Holy Spirit heal you, change you forever. And this person has the atmosphere of Woodstock and Lollapalooza and the nightclubs and the bars. And this person is judging that person, but they don't realize that they just have a Christian culture, but the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit is different. 
It's so different that when we start to create those atmospheres, you'll feel weird because you're like, all I know how to do is church. (laughs) Do you all still love me? Okay, I got the last seat. This last seat is a person who's the spirit-filled person. They are directed and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Jesus is in their life at the center, and he's on the throne, and they yield to him. Matter of fact, this person, man, I'm here because of my degree, my business acumen, my relationships, my pedigree, my intelligence. I'm here because I deserve to be here, and I've got to do everything to stay on this throne. Here, I'm here because I do more religious deeds than my friends do, and my goodness has brought me here. Here looks like this. Oh, God. I'm nothing without you apart from the vine. (laughs) I can't do nothing, God. I tried to be a preacher. I'm a phony. I'm a fake. I'm a counterfeit. I tried to act like I was a real deal. God, I tell everybody in the marriage conference I'm a good husband, but I haven't learned how to be a good husband yet. God, here, you see this level of vulnerability. God, I tell everybody else I'm a good businessman, but the only thing I'm certain about is that I'm uncertain. I try to convince everybody that I'm the man, but you're the man. I have no title here other than son. I have no title here other than daughter. Does somebody hear me? But very few will get here. Very few, because the level of, of transparency, the level of authenticity, the level of vulnerability. I want to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15. But the spiritual man, the spiritually mature Christian, this is from the Amplified, judges all things. Oh, man, that's really embarrassing for those of you who have the only God can judge me tattoo. It's wrong. We're judging you, too. You're going to have to get it covered up after this sermon. But the spiritual man, the mature Christian, we actually judge everything. But, let me t- but here's the biblical definition of judgment. Questions examines and applies what the Holy Spirit reveals. Ooh. So it's not human judgment that leads to condemnation. It's discernment of the Holy Spirit that leads to freedom. Oh, did you catch that? Human judgment says, why are you drinking like that? Why are you drinking like that? To that person in that seat. Human judgment says that. This person says, well, why are you smoking and drinking and cussing? And what? But somebody who's over here says, hey, here I have this new wine of the Holy Spirit. I know it feels good to get drunk, but it feels better to come. I wish you could taste. Just come and taste and see this. See, this is an invitation to church. This is an invitation to Christ. Everybody's like, why are V1 church altars filled with cigarettes, e-cigarettes, marijuana, uh, weed, whatever you call it? Why, why is it, you know, pills? And why? Because it's not because people are giving up something good. It's because they found something better. <laughs> but you only can find it here. Here. Let me finish this scripture. But the spiritual man, the spiritually mature Christian judges all things, questions, examines, and applies what the Holy Spirit reveals, yet is himself judged by no one because, watch, the unbeliever cannot judge and understand the believer's spiritual nature. Hey, I'm not mad at you for not understanding the freedom I found. 
because you're dead in your sin. You can't judge me, not because I'm free from judgment, but because I'm free through Jesus. <laughs> come on. It don't matter if you don't get I'm going to keep on praying until you come on over into daddy's lap. Can somebody help me out with some music? Could somebody make me stop preaching by playing music behind me? <laughs> but the spiritual man, the spiritually mature, judges all things, examines and applies what the Holy Spirit is revealing. Holy Spirit, show me what you're doing in my family. Because the way that I judge it, it looks like my kids are never coming back. It looks like my family will never serve you. The way I'm judging it, it looks like I'm never going to be the head. I'm always going to be the tail. The way, show me, show me. Doesn't this sound like the prayer of Moses? Show me your glory. God, God I, I, I've seen it. I've read the Torah, but I want to see your glory. Show me your glory. Oh, I don't care if another worship song comes out. I don't, I don't care for another Bible study. I don't care. I, I want to, God, I'm here. I ought not ever say I don't have a dad because in this place, Abba, I belong to you. Oh, I, I know that it was COVID and it, and it might be monkeypox now. But here, there's peace that surpasses all understanding. Oh God, there's times where in my flesh I want to impress them. But I get to lay down that heavy burden of my own ego. And in here there's no upper class, there's no middle class, there's no lower class. In here, there's just sons and daughters receiving the love of the Father. Sons and daughters receiving. Father, if you heal me physically how I want to be healed, I'll come out of this place and praise you. If you heal me through death, I'll see you face to face for that worship session. <laughs> but either way, I'm going to praise you. Either way, I'm going to worship you. Either way, I'm going to give you glory. God, if it happens like how I want it to, or it doesn't happen at all, your ways are higher than my ways. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. God, I forsake all others to come into this place, God. And it is my own personal Pentecost. It's my own personal upper room. And God, you're my best friend. You're my best friend. Thank you for making me laugh. When the Holy Spirit was making, you guys heard that laugh? You ever been with your friends and you're cutting it up? See, when you're in this seat, I got to drink as much alcohol as I can to laugh. When you're in this seat, oh man, I laughed so hard while I was with my friends. Here, the joy of the Lord's got me laughing with my best friend. Come on, is the Lord provoking you? I'm just trying to stir up a hunger. Is the Lord provoking you for this place? I want to read you one last verse, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify, grat, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. 
for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh for those are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do walk by the spirit walk come on somebody say it with me walk by the spirit 17 years old my mom and i are in masonic hospital the muslim surgeon comes out to do the surgery i'm walking by the spirit i don't know a thing about surgery but the holy spirit says tell this muslim man that he's about to see a miracle in the operating room he goes into the operating room and hears a voice saying cut her in the other direction cuts her open and realizes that if he would have done the standard procedure for the incision he would have killed her because of ways something was running in her body he came out to meet me afterwards and said how did you know i heard a voice that i thought was one of my nurses but then when i thanked the nurse she said i didn't say anything walk by the spirit i said i know that you're not a christian but i didn't ask you to become a christian i asked you to meet jesus when i gave come on i told you you were going to see a miracle in that room he said i opened up your mother and there was no tumors and cysts inside of her just like you said walk by the spirit in 2012 i'm standing in my garage i'm praying i'm in that place the holy spirit says michael go to new york there's going to be a great and significant move by my spirit in new york but you must give me everything and go to new york walk by the spirit walk by the spirit julie's in her surgery for her thyroid the whole room begins to shake there's a rumbling that's happening a prophet sends a word to me and says the lord's releasing new songs to julie and then the nurses come out and they say the room was rumbling while she was in surgery what was happening i said it wasn't a physical phenomenon there was songs from the storehouses of heaven being released walk by the spirit a woman comes in Easter and she says I'm deaf and I don't have full heal, uh, hearing in my ears Daniel Santee says you may not have got your hearing this Sunday come back next Sunday that woman walks by the spirit she comes up here and God immediately opens her ears somebody walk by the spirit you are not a physical body having a sometimes spiritual experience you are an eternal spirit in a temporary body you must learn how to walk in the spirit Jesus and his disciples don't know how they're going to pay the taxes. They don't even have jobs. They've abandoned everything to serve him. He says, open up the fish's mouth and you'll see that I'm teaching you how to walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. This life should be extravagant. This life should be dangerous this life should be adventurous just one word i've walked up to people and said i know this sounds stupid i know this sounds crazy but the lord told me to tell you jesus loves you i said that to a young girl she started to weep she said i told god i was gonna kill myself if somebody doesn't come up to me today and say jesus loves me walk by the spirit come on stand to your feet for a moment Are you provoked? <laughs> this life is a spirit-filled life. 
this life is not and I I said this last service I want to say it again and we're going to pray some of you have these artificial milestones that you've created and you're like oh when I finally remedy you know kind of this science versus religion thing when, and, then, and then some of you have another milestone. Oh, when I finally, um, like, stop sinning in this way, then, then. Then some of you have this other, like, it's a, a milestone. Like, well, I haven't read enough of the Bible. And so when, once I read more of the Bible, then, then I'll, I'll step over. But see, what you're really doing is you're, you're actually trying to exempt yourself from faith. That's really what you're doing. It's not about books because you would have just read them. It wasn't about, oh, I just want to stop this sin. I'm condemning myself. Really what you're doing is you're trying to exempt yourself from faith. Faith does not wait for perfection. Faith steps into the direction of perfection, which is a holy God. Faith says, I'm going to come closer to you, trusting that just like Isaiah, you will touch my tongue with a coal from your altar and you will make me pure. The Bible says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. So what begins to happen is you just start stepping in his direction. You walk by. So sometimes faith says, I'm done trying to figure it out. Here I am, God. I'm done with my excuses and false milestones. Here I am, God. Is there anybody that's saying, that's me right now, that, that's me, anybody, they're just stepping in. Come on, we've got many hands up. I want to pray for you across all the campuses right now, because this is such a sacred moment in many of your lives, where you're like, I, I don't want to be the carnal Christian. I, I, I know, and I don't want to be this, I want to be this. Father, I pray right now, across every campus, every single person that's stepping in, stepping in, this walk by faith, Lord, that you would take them by their hand and draw them into your presence, draw them into you, God. And Lord, I thank you for an intimacy. I thank you for an encounter with you, Father. If that's you, if you're saying, I want to step in now, past all of this, would you just repeat this with me? You can borrow my words right now. Just say, Heavenly Father, here I am, all of me. I unlock every door. I give you access to every part of me. I surrender all. Jesus, wash me by your blood. Renew a right spirit within me. Here I am, Lord, totally surrendered. Your child, Jesus' name, amen. No, wait, wait, wait. Take a moment and let him respond. Come on, 20 seconds, 30 seconds. Now, you just said something to him. Uh, Take a moment. Some of you are going to feel his embrace. Here it is. Come on, you prayed that prayer, but you forgot he's alive. And he wants to respond. Some of you are feeling warmth. It's the Holy Spirit actually embracing you. Come on, he's so well pleased with you. Maybe you're hearing him say, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Maybe you expected discipline, but what you found 
is encouragement in this moment. I know this sounds crazy, but I'm gonna step more into the supernatural. Some of you, your love language, like the way you interpret love is kisses. I believe that you can even experience a kiss. Some of you may feel literally like pressure on your head or your forehead or your cheek, like the Lord is kissing you because you needed that intimacy. You, you needed a moment of, of intimacy just to feel his love. somebody's strength. Thank you, Lord. 